0: He's the chief sports writer at the Sydney Morning Herald. It's Wednesdays with
1: Andrew Webster. Which I think should be your phone ring, Webby. Good morning to you. <laughs> yes, I think that's exactly what I need a self indulgent
0: uh, phone ring that says, you know, mentioning my own name. That'll go down well. You leave the self indulgence to, to us. To who? To us, sure, sure, sure. How are you, Matthew? I'm, good. What a, I'm What a great good. round of football we had! How good!
1: How good! Oh, it was amazing! It was incredible! And it's just—I mean, you know—if we weren't so ingrained in the world of rugby league and we talk about it so often and we get our viewer and listener feedback so much and and so quickly, we'd be astounded at the amount of talking points to come out of the first round, Webby. But we've got oh, used to it. Yeah. I want to know from you—you're writing Wayne Bennett's. You're writing a book about Wayne Bennett. And talk about another chapter. So, where on earth do you fit in now? What happened on the weekend with the Dolphins? Well, I hope they make the eight because then it'll give me an extra few months to write the bloody
0: thing. But, um, uh, but like a lot of us, you know, we we were we were assuming that they'll go strongly, but they they won't make the eight. But if they can keep playing like they did against the Roosters uh, on uh, on Sunday, then. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? It's an interesting game against Canberra this weekend. Uh, Wayne Bennett and Ricky Stewart uh, are hardly the greatest uh, of friends, so it'll be another grudge match. I, I'm not surprised that Bennett got his team up for such a big game. Like He's a big game specialist, as we know. He's, he's very good at um, at uh, inspiring his players and getting them up and making them feel like the underdogs. Uh, I, I don't think it's any surprise that Felice Kafusi was the best player on the field. He was the first signing for the Dolphins, and that's exactly what what Bennett wanted. In, in, in lieu of not being able to land a big marquee, he was just going to be tough, and they're going to be tough defensively, and, and Confuci certainly showed that uh, against the Chooks. So go the Dolphins. Go the Finns, as, they, as they're they saying up there north of the border.
1: Yeah, the Finn has replaced the Bucket Hat. We had Bucket Hats all summer, and now we've got the Finns on their heads, uh, possibly all winter. Where do you reckon, though, this this sits in a Wayne Bennett achievement. It's a fairly long list, but this one was Mm. not expected by a lot of people. I don't buy into Webby by the way, you know, Bennett saying nobody gave us a chance to win any match. I didn't hear anybody say that. Um, But I think a lot of people didn't really see the kind of performance that they put up against the Roosters who were clunky. So where does this sit on Wayne's amazing list, Wayne's world? Well, nothing's going to beat any of the premierships, particularly...
0: I think you know he always says that, that what he did at Newcastle in 2013 when they made uh, that preliminary against the Roosters was his was arguably his best coaching effort. Uh, 2006 when they won the premiership, that was up there. Bringing back Alfie for the 2001 Origin decider, that one's up there. But I reckon this would rank as one of the most personally satisfying for him, if you want to frame it like that, because he's he loves proving people wrong. He's one of the classic sort of rugby league types that goes, I don't care what the critics say, but I use it as motivation. He's that, it's that great sort of oxymoron that exists in, uh, in sport. But he, he, I know just talking to him in the last six months, he's been pretty frustrated, at not coaching. So I think he would have been glad to be back in the coach's box and, and ripping in, um, but he, he was very bemused in the last few months about people writing off, the, the, not so much writing off the Dolphins and saying they're not going to win a game, but there's been plenty of criticism about his inability to get a marquee player, and I think he should, he would have... Um, well, you could just see the look on his face, Matthew, after the, yeah. after the match in the press conference. He, he looked like the cat that got the cream. <laughs>
1: He sure did. Our issues with Webby this morning, and you can dive in any time, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 11 if you're the best caller, a double pass to the Newcastle 500. So our issues this morning on the table. Wade Graham, as we know, now out for four weeks. They rolled the dice at the judiciary and it didn't come off. But there was a couple of interesting quotes in his defence, which we'll talk about. Further to the Dolphins, what's a pass mark now that the expectations are higher? And where also does that uh, template sit for a possible 18th team coming into the competition? The Dolphins now have Canberra in Redcliffe on Saturday, 5.30pm. It's going to be a sellout there as well. It'll be amazing. The Roosters, uh, did you miss it? Yesterday, Webby wrote a detailed article in the Sydney Morning Herald under the headline, Clunky Chooks Need Shiny Toys To Start Working. And he picked his way through the situation the Roosters are in at the moment. They've got the Warriors on Saturday at Allianz Stadium. So we'll touch on that and get your thoughts on that as well. Junior Amon named in the Dragons team to play the Titans on Sunday. As we know, um, he's no longer subject to the NRL's no-fault stand-down policy. Um, It means that because the sentence that he is possibly facing, the maximum sentence of five years if he's convicted of all charges that he now face uh, in a local court, means that he no longer reaches the threshold for that no-fault stand-down policy which relates to offences carrying a maximum of 11 years or more. The independent doctor will put that on the table this morning. Has the game got it right? This has been a discussion that's been going now for a good couple of days and it's not going to go away. The issue, the discussion, nor... Um, the desire for the NRL to stay solid on this one. Plus, our round two preview and, of course, Webby's tips as well. We'll re-establish the line with Webby in just a second, but just on the independent doctor situation. Now, there's been a lot of noise, a tremendous amount of noise just in the last 24 hours. Luke Keary's voice in all of this needs to be heard. Uh, He fronted up the press. He speaks eloquently. He's a mature young man. And this is what Luke Kiry had to say about the issue with the independent doctor and concussions.
0: There's obviously a designated doctor sitting there just watching that. So like, as a player, as much as it's frustrating sometimes if they might have got it wrong, I think as a player they'll, we appreciate it. Even if we don't all say it, we, we would appreciate it that someone's actually sitting there looking out for us. It's obviously hard sometimes our docs are in the dressing rooms with people doing the concussion protocols to get back on. They're looking at other stuff. There's a lot of things going on at the actual ground, so it's good.
1: Luke Kerry will dive into that in detail. Ben from Coogee has already texted in, so we'll get to this one. Maddie, would it be viable to still have the independent doctor in the bunker and another at the ground to do the assessment? The ground doctor to only assess those that the bunker have identified. This may stop those that have had a head knock but are not concussed. Look, from what I know, from the details that I've been given and what I read and the situation that they've got, the independent doctor has a lot more uh, at his or her disposal in front of the cameras, in front of the TV screens that they've got set up, plus the helpers that they've got alongside them. So getting an independent doctor at the game, to me, I don't think really matters, does it? Uh, The club doctor's there. And let's not forget that 14 of the 19 that were removed from the field on the weekend came from the club doctor. Webby, your thoughts about that? Let's start with that issue straight up. Where do you think this sits at the moment? The independent doctor
0: is, has been an issue, not just this season, but for the last two or three seasons. Look, I, I, when when Ricky Stewart says, uh, and I, I get on great with Ricky and I really respect him and I understand what he's saying or he says, you know the NRL or the RLPA don't trust uh, coaches. Well, I trust Ricky and I trust Bennett and I trust Trent Robinson. There's a few coaches out there I wouldn't particularly trust uh, when the game's on the line and they want their star player out there and he's only done a little bit of a stagger. Do you think that you know there's not pressure on, on, on club doctors to make sure, uh, make sure the player goes back out there, whether it's. Whether it's uh, whether it's overt or whether it's just a uh, you know a very sort of subconscious thing, it's going to be a lot of pressure on a on a club doctor to do that. I think most of the concussions when players aren't, don't go back when they failed HIA's etc cetera, etc, cetera, usually it's from the club doctor anyway. The reason why they didn't have or they haven't had an independent doctor at the ground, like everyone keeps sort of saying, it's it's better. Because they you know, they've got all these different uh, camera angles, and they're in, they not distracted from crowds, et cetera, et cetera. The, the whole reason why they never went down the route of having one every game was money. That's what that was the reason a few years ago. Which is, you can't really use any excuse now when the uh, the leaders in the game spruik about how much revenue they've brought in, either broadcast or otherwise. Like, surely, if it's such a pressing issue that they can have an independent doctor at the ground. I think I get, like, spotting, you know, concussion-like symptoms is one thing, but surely there's nothing better than having the doctor there at the ground assessing the player. So, I don't know, I I, I, would be more than happy if they had an independent doctor at at each game. It's only eight. It's not like it's a huge impost in terms of finance. I,
1: I I, I wonder, though, what the independent doctor sees that we don't, because I called the Warriors' Knights match, Webby, and um, there was an incident there. There was a, an occasion there where Kalon Ponga looked as though, I actually called it as though he was a bit of a ragdoll in a tackle. Um, it was more just yeah. he sort of dropped in the tackle. And then he got called for the independent doctor. And we started in commentary, started to question when this happened. Then we were shown the tackle that he went for on Aden Fanua Blake. Now, unless I was mm. calling off the wrong screen, I didn't see that at all until a replay came up. So the independent doctor had to have had vision of that, or had been alerted to that in the bunker in front of the screens. So I wondered, does the independent doctor miss that if he's at the ground? I don't think it's the other thing. People need to realise they're not going to get everything either. You know, like but well, well, they could. Well, they've
0: got they've got spotters at the at, at the ground. They've got an independent doctor in the bunker. Like I just like they're looking for they're looking for symptoms, and then and then they put them through the through the HIA assessment and. Um, and and then then determine whether he can come back or not. I'm just actually at a sponsor's uh, breakfast for SEN down here at Barangaroo and Timmy Manor was in the room. I don't look I don't think I'm giving it any away, but he, he made a really good point. It's like this whole 50, if you come off and have that HIA, you've got to have 15 minutes off off the field. Tim's argument, and I think a lot of people would argue the same thing is why not if, if, they, if they pass the test after five minutes, let them go back on. Don't, don't have him off for such a, a large chunk of time. So I think that's, that's something they that can look at. I've got to say with the Wade Graham uh, suspension slash defence at the judiciary last night, that just shows you how funky the whole concussion debate's become. Where you're claiming that I hit him high, I hit him in the head because I didn't want to concuss myself by going low. I think that just shows you how problematic the whole uh, issue has become for, for the game.
1: Yeah, he said it was a split-second decision. Could maybe have gone lower, but there was no time to change. I've had a series – this is Wade Graham – I've had a series of concussions, so I don't aim low anymore. But there was no time anyway. When I heard that and saw that this morning, Webby, I thought, uh, can of worms here. Can you imagine if the NRL judiciary had have accepted that defence and then off it goes? That defence could have been rolled out week in, week out.
0: It's a very interesting one. So he was represented by Nick Gabar, who is the Perry Mason of the NRL judiciary, very highly sought after uh, legal representative for clubs uh, for p- clubs trying to get their players off uh, possible suspension. So he's he's pretty cluey, Nick Gabar, but I thought that one was a bit of a stretch. But it, it, look, it, it sort of highlights for me, Matty, just not so much how problematic it is, but... but Everyone seems to think that if we just if we if we ban head high tackles out of the game, then there'll be no concussions, and that's wrong. and And, and what and what Wade's a great example of it. So many of his concussions have come from you know from from defending and, and going in low and hitting hips and and things like that. There's a lot of a lot of concussions from head clashes. There's a lot of concussions concussion suffered by the ball carrier. So it's just not something you can you can um, you can uh, suspend out of the out of the out of the out of the game. Like it's rugby league's a tough contact sport. We all know that and we've all seen it for years and sometimes you're gonna the players are going to get concussed and there's no way there's just no way around it.
1: We are underway on Wednesdays with Webby right here. You can dive in 0457 736 736. So Wade Graham Now out for four weeks, he'll possibly fall short of that 300-game milestone this year. He's currently on 278. We'll also discuss uh, a little bit further the Dolphins. What's a pass mark now that the expectations are higher? The reaction to Webby's article yesterday on the Roosters, plus a round two preview, of course, and Webby's tips. Uh, Make sure you stick around. 21 and a half minutes after 9 o'clock. Back with more after this. And it's Wednesdays with Webby, of course, the chief sports writer at the Sydney Morning Herald, Andrew Webster, is on the line this morning, so doing a bit of a double gig. He's doing a breakfast for SEN, plus working on our show. <laughs> Stu from Cronulla says, what I said about Webby last week, I take back. You are now the junket king of SEN. Do you put two invoices in today, Webby?
0: <laughs> I, You know what? That is actually a very salient point. I think I should, actually. Kind of lovely down here at Barangaroo. I think it's really like they've got, their, they've got their shit together. Can I say that? Oh, you just did. I just but did. I agree with you. I, just I 100% did. agree yeah, with you. Now, listen, really, the it's Dolphins. It's actually really lovely, Danny. I feel like going the over there to that cafe and, and ordering, and ordering a, an $80 bacon and egg. Can't wait. Yeah,
1: put that on the invoice. Uh, what's a pass mark now for the Dolphins? The expectations uh, are clearly higher. I don't think anybody expects top, them to go on and win the premiership, but what's a pass mark now for their season? Top four. No. I, I look, I, I'm still not expecting them.
0: I, you know, the thing is, though, with that performance, they can't get up and play like that every week. That's going to be impossible. But I think after that performance against the Roosters, and I, I know we're going to talk about the Chooks in a minute, but um, uh, it's hard to get a gauge because I thought the Roosters were very, very ordinary. It's hard to get a gauge now on just what they might do. I, I, you can't really make a prediction on 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 how they're going to, how they're gonna go this season because that was such a such a commanding performance. I thought one of the most for me, the most telling thing there was an incident in the first half where Suwali cracked Katoa in a tackle and it was like it was like a welcome to first grade moment from someone who hasn't been in first grade that long themselves. Mm. But Suwali threw his massive frame at Katoa and he just was writhing in pain on on the on the on the on the ground and couldn't get up and I thought he might have been that might have been his afternoon he had a pretty ordinary first half but then he came out I don't know what Bennett said to him in, uh, at halftime but in the second half I thought he was he was great the, the nineteen year old um, so I think that's they're just going to go they're just going to have to ride the roller coaster all year I don't think they can make the eight but I, yeah they're not going to they're not going to be legless just like Bennett said
1: does it set higher expectations then and does it fast track do you think the discussion around an 18th team got to cool our jets it's only one game but they've shown that in 13 day. months they've shown that in 13 months they can get their act together and get a competitive footy team out on the NRL stage
0: their problem will be depth that's the problem that's a pro- that's a problem for all the, the teams in the bottom half of the of the of the competition it's like just when you get a couple of injuries just how you to your key players, just whether you can you can still compete, and I think that's the main concern around the Dolphins. What that looks like when you know when they have when Bromwich when the Bromwich when one of the Bromwiches is injured, and or Kafusi is injured, or they you know if Katoa doesn't look like he's going to be able to to handle the the, the the grind of the NRL every week, and they need to bring in Milford, and how that's going to look in terms of their attack. But you know it's, it's, it's positive signs in terms of an 18th team. I don't think I think it's a really tricky one for the NRL. There's a real push for a PNG side, but that's logistically tough. Um, whether the broadcasters are going to want that is another thing. There'll be a push for Perth, and I think all the clubs are, are definitely pushing for that because it's a better time slot in terms of television. But the, the problem with bringing in all these new teams is the is the depth of talent. I think the game needs to really address grassroots footy,
1: bush footy in particular,
0: before it starts seriously considering an 18th team.
1: All right, let's go to the news. Uh, after this, we'll talk about the Roosters, the clunky chooks. They need their shiny toys to start working, according to Webby. More on that after the news. Thank you for that, Vanessa. Andrew Webster is with us for the next 15 minutes. Now's the time to dive in, folks. 0457 736 736 will be the best caller this morning. I'll send you off to the Newcastle 500 this weekend with a double pass to the opening round of the Supercars Championship. Uh, your article yesterday, Webby, in the Sydney Morning Herald, I thought was was a ripper. It was a great read. Um, the clunky chooks, they need their shiny new toys to start working or shiny toys to start working. And and you laid out the the reasons why. Uh, you don't write the headlines, but you, you laid out the reasons why the roosters are the roosters and the situation... Um, that they're in at the moment and going forward and the net worth and the players that they've got. What's the key issue, do you think, for the Roosters trying to get over a clunky start? Because, mate, that was the word that I used for them when they played their opening round last year. I walked away from the SCG against the Knights and I went, they're clunky. And the word clunky and the Roosters shouldn't go together.
0: Look, they're notoriously slow starters. And I think Trent Robinson has shown over the last 10 years since he took over at the club, that he's he's quite adept at managing a squad over a season. The problem for the Roosters in the last few years has been their injury issues. like And they've got it added it again going into that game against the Dolphins. So we can't be too hard on them. I think the, the point I was trying to make the other day was they have everything, the Roosters. They have all the stars. They've got all the players. They've got, you know, like, as I wrote, the, the Dolphins have been... Have been throwing millions of dollars at marquee uh, potential marquee signings in the last twelve months and haven't been able to land a single one. The Roosters have probably four marquees under their on on their salary cap, you know. And I know that, that people start talking about their salary cap and conspiracy theories get floated, but they do have they do have an incredible roster, whether it's whether they've got injury problems or not. They've got all the best facilities. They've got the best academy. They've got they've got a, a club that has a net worth of 150 million dollars. They are absolutely set up for life. There are like be, you wouldn't find many clubs in the NRL that uh, wouldn't be envious of the Roosters. So I just thought they would perform a little bit better in the first round. Uh, they'd give us a little bit more than what what we saw. But um, I think there are numerous issues there. I think they've got um, I think they've got doubts about Luke Keery's, uh health and about, you know, he, his concussion history. I thought the headgear was a bit of a giveaway, for sure. And, I you know, he's been wearing the headgear at training as well, which just shows you how precarious the situation is with Luke. Um, so that, And they're, they're, what they're going to do with Manu and whether he's going to go in there or not. But they've got a really interesting situation off the field with Tedesco and Sawali. So uh, Joseph Sawali has triggered his option for 2024, but that means both him and James Tedesco will be coming off contract at the one time. James Tedesco's management have been pushing the Roosters for the last few months um, to try and get an extra year on his contract. That hasn't gone down particularly well with Roosters management, particularly Nick Politis, who doesn't like to get um, doesn't like to get bullied into uh, into into uh, Triggering contracts or signing contracts, particularly when the player is very well paid. But you know the salary cap makes clubs work in advance about what their future is going to look like. But this is a really tricky one because they've got they've got arguably the best fullback in the game in James Tedesco, and they've got arguably you know the the best future fullback in the game uh, in in Joseph Sawali. So if they get forced to choose uh, by in the next year, it's going to be it's going to be a pretty tricky situation for the club to, to handle. Just to also remember, Isaac Moses manages Joseph Sawali, um, and he is, as we've seen with Mitchell Moses, one of the craftiest managers in the game. So it should be fun in games at the Chooks.
1: Uh, at the Chooks, they've got the Warriors on Saturday at Alliance uh, Stadium. Now, Junior Ramon has been named in the Dragons squad to play the Titans on Sunday. As I mentioned earlier, he's no longer subject to the NRL's no-fault stand-down policy. His case is now being dealt with in a local court, and instead he's looking at a maximum sentence of five years if he's convicted of the charges that he's facing, which then puts him... Um, back outside of the no fault stand down policy which is 11 years or more now obviously we can't talk about the case and we don't need to talk about the case but I do want to know about the dragons the effect that it'll have on the dragons and how you think they're going to start their season I mean they managed to avoid by virtue of having the bye and being the last game of round two there's been zero focus on the dragons so far
0: Look, just firstly with the um, the change in, in the the policy for Junior Ramon, I'm completely comfortable with that. Like, I know some fans are saying that it's a joke that he's been uh, cleared to play. But, you know, technically under the no-fault stand-down rule, he's he's supposed to play because there's been a change in the level of court in which his um, he's, matter is being heard. So if that's the case and you've got to follow these things to the letter, um, I see, I'm, I'm more than comfortable with him uh, being allowed to to play it's an interesting one isn't it like i like he's he's um he's not he's not named in the starting team for uh for the uh for the dragons i would be surprised if he didn't start it's a good it's a good um it's a good Phillip for him but i thought the titans looked pretty good against the tigers they, they showed a lot they showed a lot in the tap that we've been sort of waiting to see for some time but uh who knows with with st george illawarra matty Honestly, you couldn't tell. Remember the last last couple of seasons, people were predicting a really slow start and they got out of the blocks really well. And it paints the Dragons' board into a weird position because they keep doing one-year deals with Anthony Griffin. And uh, if they start well, then they'll want to try and take some of the heat away from the coach by extending him. I don't think he will be given that sort of latitude this time from the board. This sort of the, Both the St. George and the Win factions on that board have got their own ideas on who should replace him at some time. Uh, but if he gets off to a good start, it's going to make it tricky for them to, to pull the trigger. I don't know what to expect from the Dragons, is basically what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> All right, Kieran Foran's been named Well, in you, that tell you tell me, you tell uh, me, you no, tell me, you tell me with any certainty what you think you could see from him. I don't know. I, I'm uh, with you. I, I, I don't know. Problem. I don't know. I think I think the best thing that could have happened to them is exactly what's happened to them in the last week. Like I say, there's been no focus, no words written virtually about the Dragons. They get the buy in round one. Um, really, this has been the only headline that's that's popped out. I mean, let's face it, if they come up against anyone in round one and they lose already, we would have been talking or there would have been uh, rumbles about Anthony Griffin's position and everything else. At least they've bought themselves a week of respite and now they hook into it. But I agree with you. I, I don't know. They're, they're one that I just can't get a read on, and we're going to have to wait for the season to get going. So Amone has been named in jumper number 21 for that match. The Titans have named Kieran Four, And just on the Titans, your thoughts around them locking up David Fafita. So an extension that takes him out to the end of 2026. He had a blinder to start with, which is what he does when the contract's up. Um, but you got to say the signs are looking good for the Gold Coast Titans.
0: I think the the thing that helped uh David defeat was Kieran Foren, just an experienced half like that who knew knew how to like engage him and get him get him getting the ball at the right time at the right part of the field like i thought that was really obvious that having a, an experienced half like Kieran Foren God he's a tough footballer for him. like he's Say what you want about him. He had, he's had his ups and downs. Obviously at, at Parramatta and Warriors and the Dogs, and and he's been hampered by injury. But whenever he can get his body right and get get on the field, it just shows you the value of an experienced half, uh, experienced half in the current competition because there's not there's not many of them. Uh, I spoke to Dennis Watt, their chairman, the other day uh, about re about extending for feeder. I think there was some. They were very happy that they got him. I don't think they were overly concerned that he wasn't going to stay. There was a bit of a nibble from the Broncos, and he's got friends there, obviously, David Fafita, but he seems settled at the Titans, and uh, now he's just got to live up to that massive contract
1: that he's on. It's funny but, how the draw works. You know what, a little,
0: bit, a little, a little A little bit like yourself, just living up to that massive contract that you're
1: on. <laughs> it's funny how the draw works, isn't it? Manly get off to a flying start. They've got the bye this weekend. Next weekend, they'll be back at home. Uh, against the Eels, so they've got essentially two home well, two home matches in the space of three weeks, including the bye, and then they've got the Rabbitohs. The furthest they'll have to travel in the first month of football is to a core stadium, and then they'll go to Mudgee for the next round, which will be round five, which is one of their home games. I'll be chatting with Tom Trebojevic a, bit, a little bit later on, but you can't control the draw, but you've got to make the most of it when it falls your way.
0: You do. I think Manly won the weekend. I thought the way that they played at Four Pines on on Saturday afternoon was the was the standout performance of the weekend. It was so good to see Tommy Traboyevich winding up like that. So much for uh, any thoughts that he might be struggling with his hammies. He, he he looked fantastic. And when 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 he is in sync with Cherry Evans, like he was in that game on uh, on Saturday, they're pretty hard to stop. Uh, the, the Sea Eagles. So. Good signs. Good signs for a lot of teams. So hopefully it's the same same for the poor old Dragons this weekend, Matthew. All
1: right. Before we let you get back to the boss and the breakfast, let's uh, get a taste of what's going to happen this weekend. (laughs) So we've got uh, tomorrow night, the Panthers v. Rabbitohs at Bluebet Stadium. Uh, What do you think happens here and who wins? (laughs)
0: Latrell's knee concerns me, so I'll go Penrith. I don't okay. think Penrith. I I, I I can't even remember the last time Penrith had back to back losses. No.
1: Oh, yeah, well there's a challenge. Uh, we've yeah. got to dive into that one. Yeah, uh Friday, Eels v the Sharks.
0: Eels. I think they'll be uh I think they'll be they weren't too bad against uh against Melbourne, I think and the fact that Nico's out, I'll go with Pen uh, Pat Parramatta.
1: Parramatta to win that one on Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. So all four Queensland teams won uh, in round one, but this is the All Queensland Affair, the first one of the season. The Broncos v. Cowboys? Cows. Okay, Cowboys to win that. That's one that I've got a, I've got a highlighter next to that one because I still haven't made up my mind. Roosters v Warriors. Warriors look good, mate. I mean, I saw them up close and personal when we were calling it the other day. They look good. They look different. Your namesake in charge. In fact, Brett Kamali said they look like the Penrith Warriors the way that they're playing. Oh,
0: there you go. Yeah, they did look much better.
1: Uh, I, I can't. I don't expect the Roosters
0: to play. Uh, against the Warriors at home at Allianz on Saturday afternoon, as they did against the Dolphins. So I think the Roosters at home are too, will be too good.
1: Saturday afternoon at Redcliffe, a complete sellout for this. The Dolphins, can they go again against the Raiders?
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I'll, I'll say Canberra, um, but with no certainty whatsoever.
1: Okay, I'm going to stick with the Dolphins there. Storm and Bulldogs on Saturday night at Amy Park.
0: Storm. I know Cameron Munster isn't playing. I saw his... I was in the rooms. I went up and interviewed him. I saw his finger after the game. Ugh. Not, Ugh. not pretty.
1: No. Not pretty. Well, it was
0: something like a like a horror movie.
1: The world got to see it's it like when someone, it was printed
0: yesterday. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's like in the rooms afterwards, like both his index finger and his ring finger, they were like big fat sausages. Oh. It was really rough. Okay. Yeah. West Tigers,
1: as we go to Sunday, West Tigers have uh, the Newcastle Knights at Leichhardt.
0: See, that's a battle of the uh, battle of minds, isn't it? Uh, the Tigers and
1: and Newcastle. I'm going to say... I'll say the Knights, but with no certainty at all. Newcastle to win that one. You're going a lot of away teams. Dragons v Titans then at Netstrata. Dragons. Dragons to beat the Gold Coast. He's sticking solid. And, of course, Manly have the bye. Good one, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. We'll speak again it? next week.
0: That's it. Good on you, boys. Thank you. You're, Thank you, Matt.
1: Your work here is done. O four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line. If you want to buy into any of that, let me know. One three hundred O one eleven seventy. Be the best caller this morning. Double pass to the Newcastle five hundred.